This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Stacey West podcast. I'm Ben and I'm joined as ever by Gary. How are you? Always well, as you well know. Well, yeah, apart from when you're off for two weeks with the, you know, with the flu and the proper flu as well. Oh, is this, sorry, I mean, we're obviously 16 seconds in and we're already attacking each other. Is that right? <laughs> Sounds about right, so yeah. Is it, is it you lecturing me on being poorly? That's Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I feel like I've earned the right to, Gary, you know. It's, it's quite quite interesting. That, that would be like Harry Redknapp telling Brian Clough that he was crooked. No, it wouldn't, because <laughs> Brian Clough was crooked as well. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Neither oh, yeah, of us yeah, are crooked. I mean, you were ill, so there we go. Yeah, and I suppose you are. Yeah, I've had my, my bad back and stuff, but, you know, I normally soldier on. So, <laughs> Cheeky bastard. Anyway. Wait, well, there's a new one. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll leave it He's been working on his insult. <laughs> um, what have you been up to? Uh, I know it's been uh, it's been a, an odd week or so, really, hasn't it? Yeah. Been, yeah, sort of past that weird, mad Christmas spell, and we're now back into January where it's like payday has to last you for about six years and then you finally get to your, your payday you're like, ah, oh, right, what can I do now? And then there's no no more massive amounts of football, is there? No, unfortunately I got my uh, end of December pay packet, so to speak, um, paid in about the 10th of December. So uh, all the money I had in the 10th of December has to last me until the end of January. Uh, and then obviously I've only got half being self-employed. I've only got uh, probably like two weeks money coming in at the end of January because I was, uh, as we've already covered, uh, not very well for a while. So, uh, yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to starve. You know, I could sell a few shirts or programs or stickers or books, uh, but I'm not going to. No, fair enough. Well, um, well, let's, let's get into it then. Cause obviously, um, must we, well, <sighs> I mean, I think you summed it up with a tweet, to be honest, where it was, you know, update from the uh, Stadium of Light is Lincoln City's defence three, Lincoln City one. Um, it it wasn't great on Saturday. Um, I mean, I, I went up there uh, Friday evening. 
uh, checked into the hotel, caught up with uh, caught up with Nick uh, Nick Proctor, six one seven lads, um, and they they were making a full weekend of it. You know, they they were having a really good time and name dropping. Well, you know, what else are you going to do? Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was uh, it was a good weekend if you kind of leave out the period between three and five on Saturday afternoon, which is the main reason that we went. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's raising a debate already again, um, which we'll come on to very briefly because we're going to, we're, we're sort of going to try and like put Sunderland to bed because it's, it's been and gone now. But um, yeah, the, the whole, I mean, their first goal really should have been cleared out from uh from you know from the corner before it even got to the player that it did um the second goal was just an absolute calamity and uh the third goal in my eyes was was almost as bad because you you watch the ball come over the top and and Jason Shackle just almost ducks under it um i mean you, you i thought the first half i thought Sunderland played well i don't think they were outstanding i think they were you know they were obviously helped along by uh by three defensive errors, um, but they didn't really threaten too much apart from, I think there was one save that Josh had to make where he, it was a really good save as well and tipped it over the bar. But everything else, I mean, it, you know, it, it wasn't an even contest in the first half by any stretch. You know, we were definitely, we were definitely on the back foot, but they didn't create massive amounts um, and we we sort of help them do that, but second half I thought we were we were better. But you're going to be when you've uh, you know you, the team's three 0 up and they've sort of taken the foot off the pedal a little bit. Um, I mean, your impressions from it from from afar because I know you you didn't get to, you didn't get up there. You're all right. Well, I'm just saying. I'm not criticising. I'm not criticising. <laughs> no, I didn't go. Um, and yeah kind of thankful aside from missing out on the crack that I didn't uh, in terms of the result but you know, I support the club through thick and thin just with you know, I'm not making excuses why I didn't go I didn't go and that's that um, I have watched the whole game uh, on the, on iFollow we'll say subsequently and pretend uh, that I, I didn't use a VPN um, <laughs> do you know what I thought we were the better team and I know that looks and sounds absolutely ridiculous I genuinely thought that that was a game we should have won. I thought Sunderland offered about as much. Um, I mean, I, they, they had a decent first half, it, but we'll come on to the goals in a minute. But in the second half, we were the better side. Um, yeah. And I thought that we we had the necessary tools to win the game. And I think if we don't, and this is probably going to be the stupidest thing I've ever going to say. And Pete Summers, if he's listening to this, I'll get a tweet tomorrow saying that's another stupid thing that you've said. If we don't concede the three goals, we win the game. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but we've given them three goals. The first one is terrible to allow a player a free header in the six-yard box. And even then, he couldn't head it. He got a nose on it and yeah. put it in the back of the net. The second goal, calamitous, absolutely calamitous. And the third one is the same. I actually think that the third one is as bad as the second one because it's basics. And yeah. it's not just that Shackle has gone up and missed his header, right? He's done that, and that's that, that's Shackle's fault. We then don't have the legs to get back, and we haven't had the foresight, arguably, at the side of Shackle to get back and get the tackle in. So for me, 
from a defensive point of view, all three were very, very poor. Ranked, probably the second one was the worst. The third one was the second worst. And the first one, which was terrible, was the least terrible of them all. Mm. Other than that, Josh made a decent save. We had had the best chance of the game up until their scoring. I think that we, you know, we'd shown some decent, decent passes and we'd managed to get into their area. It wasn't a shot on target, admittedly. Um, but when you gift three goals to a team, there's no point in talking about anything else that happens. Tyler mm. Walker scored. Great. We were the better team in the second half. Great. Don't matter, mm. does it? It's ridiculous. It's like saying, oh, I would have won the lottery if I'd, you know, put, put the money on, but I went in the shop and I spent the money on fags instead. Well, there you go. Then you're not going to win the lottery. Yeah. And mm. and it's the same sort of thing. We've, you know, we've gone into a game with an attention to winning it and we've just given it away in the first half. And it, it it's kind of annoying and promising in the same manner, in the same breath, because obviously it's annoying for all the obvious reasons, the reasons that people were throffing at the mouth after the game. Um, but it's promising because we've gone to a side that were Premier League two or three years ago. They were Premier League when we were inviting, you know, when we were playing Carshalton and we were playing North Ferriby and Bradford Park Avenue in the FA Trophy. And they were playing Man United and Arsenal. And we've gone there. And the only difference between the two teams is our making, not theirs. Mm. Um so that is promising, but you know, when you give an opponent three goals, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter whatever else, whatever else you want to talk about is pointless. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing is, I, I said this on um, on Saturday at the time. I said that they write, you know, they they are a team that should be beating us three 0 at half time. You know, with 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 the history, with the money that they've spent, with everything that they've got at their disposal, they should be putting teams, you know, putting teams away at, at, at half-time 3-0. The fact that we did it, you know, well, the fact that we essentially, you know, were, were the ones that gave them those goals and, and gave them that win, it, it's, it, like you say, it's promising in a way. Um, How I, have we managed to put a positive spin on this, Ben? I don't know. It's pointless. Let's just face <laughs> it. We were shit. We're looking for the, we are we're looking for the silver lining, but we were our own worst enemy, and we were yeah. shit. And their yeah, press absolutely. was calling it a tremendous win, and it wasn't a tremendous win. It yeah, was I think I think that's the thing. Like we're, we're not we're not sat here going, you know, that we got absolutely dominated and all the rest of it. But the the thing is, there was there was another point as well which I, I put on I put on Twitter, and it got a little bit of traction. But basically, coming out of that game, there were people around me that were completely glossing over the first half and they were putting all the blame on John Akindi. It's like, hang on, he came on at half time and he, he missed a chance like two minutes into you know, two minutes into the half. But let's not let's not kid ourselves. The, the three goals came from the first half and three really bad mistakes. And I know we've we've had a lot of uh, you know, had a lot of people on, on the on the podcast and I think you had one on the blog this week saying, you know, I know you're an Akindi fan. It's like, well, I'm a Lincoln City fan. I don't want to sit here and pick apart one player and, and all the rest of it, you know. But Devil's advocate. John Akindi mm. scores that. Tyler Walker scores his. Sunderland Crumble, we draw 3-3. Three, three. Mm. Now, I'm not... that. The point is, right, mm. okay, I'm, I'm, I, I don't regularly go like this. John Akindi is not a deadly finisher. No. And we, we need... John Akindi, in my opinion right now, and I hope he doesn't listen to this before Sunday because I've got to interview him and he's a big bastard. <laughs> big bugger. I won't say I've been told to not call people bastards jovially because <laughs> uh, I keep calling my dog it. Um, John Akindi is a League Two 
striker. Mm-hmm. He does a job for us from the bench. He's big. He's powerful. He can run into the channels. He'll occasionally create something. He's scored a few goals this season. I think I might be wrong. Yeah, I think he's almost scored as many from open play this season as he had at the same stage last season. I think he was. Um, I think he from, was about ten at Christmas from penalties. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, from open play. I think he scored more so far this season than he did last. Yeah, but if he could finish, if he was a deadly finisher, if he had the clinical finishing of Tyler Walker, we would probably be three places higher than we are right now. And that's not that isn't a criticism necessarily. It's just being honest. We we do talk about John Akindi misses and eventually you have to admit you have to move into middle ground. If you're a John Akindi fan, which I am, which you are, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to concede the middle ground. Like the people who are calling him left, right and centre should be conceding sometimes when he has a good game, when he came on and changed the game or, he, no, the Burton game. Did he start against Burton? He did. Outstanding against Burton. Played superbly well, but the critics won't won't admit that. But I'm not going to be like them. I am going to admit when there is a fault. And at the moment, you know, had he been more clinical, we'd be in the FA Cup, or we would have been in the FA Cup second round. We wouldn't even have had to go and play it. Uh, we wouldn't have had the weekend off, rather. Mm. Um, but that's not me being critical of John. It's just being honest. Mm. And I think that's that's where I think that's where it, it tends to to fall down for a lot of people. Is that the 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 um, almost predetermined nature of, right, I'm going to criticise him for this. It's like, yeah, but you're not really, it, it's not, it doesn't feel like it's criticism at that point. It feels like it's targeted. And the thing is, I, you know, I will fully, we've, we've done it on the podcast before. We've, we've just done it now. We'll do it again, undoubtedly. But the fact is that, you know, when, when it's warranted, we will criticise any player, not just, not just John, but um, yeah, I, there is a small part of me, and I, you know, it is a small part that it, I almost want him to go in January, just because people will then shut up about it. Oh no, I won't go that far, Ben. Jesus, you know that's what I mean. It's a very, very tiny part because I honestly, know which part of you that is. Your mind has just told me. <laughs> hey, it's my Wee. penis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, spend a game around like where we sit, and honestly, some of the people up there, I just. They do my head in. And I, I mentioned it last week. I had a full stand-up argument with somebody just before Christmas. I think it was the Ipswich FA Cup game. Um, because all they did for 90 minutes was just sit there and single out one per, one player. And it's it's horrendous. It's ridiculous. But I'll be, I'll be honest, after Sunderland, I didn't see... I saw some criticism of, of John from the usual suspects. Um, but predominantly, it was the defence. I don't... I'm it was. It big... was mainly. It was, to be honest with you, it was mainly people that were that were around me um, in the stadium. There you was, you was... have some unfortunate seating plans. I think the club do it on purpose. I can see the girls <laughs> in the ticket office going. Gary's our favourite on the podcast. Uh, what's the other one's name? Let's just have a find where the other one is. What's his name again? And then they'll Google it and won't find it. And then they'll uh, they'll eventually find out and they'll go right. We'll sit him next to. Um, Mr. Alan Wanker, Mr. Um, Dave Racist, Mr. Uh, Scott Miserable Sod, um, and, and and that's what you get. So, no, look, I'm not a massive fan of calling out players. Mm. I think you you've got to be football is a game of opinions, and therefore to be critical about an individual performance, 
to a level has got to be acceptable. Yeah. We, we can't get to a point where um, you you can't say, oh, our Neil Eardley was off it today. You can't get to that point, you, you know, that, and that's where society is going. Society is going to a point where, you know, if you're not actually all, if you have a bad game, everyone just goes, oh, never mind, you tried. Um, and, <laughs> and we can't do that. But then there's the, the, it goes right across the board to a point where, you know, John is, and not just John, some players in the past have earned the collective sigh before they've even stepped foot on the field. And for me, the beauty of football is that every game is a blank slate. Mm -hmm. And if a player is terrible for 46 games a season, Drew Broughton, um, if a a player's that bad, then, okay, granted, you can then... If it's somebody like John that's, that's scoring goals and that has certain facets of his game... I just, I just find it hard, hard to criticise one player consistently. I just take each game as it comes and then add them up as a collective. That doesn't apply, by the way, to Ollie Palmer, Ben Hutchinson, Drew Broughton, um, Ian Hamilton, Steve Foley, Kingsley Black. He was shit. Uh, Christ, that's a name I've not, not heard in a while. Luckily and thankfully. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Cameron I mean, Stewart, you know terrible. that. That's my that, that's my my take on it, and I think there's it was it, it might well have just been unfortunate placement in the seats, but I mean it, it was enough to get me a little bit riled up. I'll be honest. Um, anyway, we shall move on from uh, from Sunderland because uh, I don't really think it's worth talking about anymore. Um, let's uh, let's before we go into the weekend, let's let's talk a little bit about transfers because um, as we are currently recording. We have not got any new signings through the door. Which Jack Elbazetti? Uh, well, since the since the window officially opened, shall we say? He can only sign players after it officially opened. Well, he'd, he'd agreed to he'd agreed to come in. You know what I mean? You pedantic yeah, little shit. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't assigned any additional players since we signed Zach Elbazetti. Is that what? you Yes, mean? that's yeah. what I mean. Okay. Yeah, I was just double checking. That was all. I was just making sure we had signed Zach Elbazetti. <laughs> And uh, I hadn't misheard it. I know we have because I've spoken to him today, actually. So um, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, Ben. But I was going to say, like, it, it's it's a little bit confusing because the manager was saying that he was hoping to have somebody in uh, through the door before the Sunderland game. So does that point to one of the rumours potentially being accurate? And one of the rumours since then of it uh, of that player necessarily being uh, kept by the club that we were hoping to loan him from. Um, That's all a bit cryptic. Do I deduce from that that you've forgotten his name after I told you it before we went on air? No. Okay. What's his name? Adam Ida. Oh, okay. Fair enough. (laughs) So you either wrote it down or Googled it quick. Um, (laughs) I'm not that quick, mate. No, I don't know. I know again. um, No, to be fair, do you know what? I, I was told a story once uh, about a pre-season when we first came out of the conference into the Football League. And I was told it by a member of the management team. So it, it's as solid as it comes. And he told me that we had agreed a loan deal with a player. Uh, and that player now, currently, uh, is, is on the books of Juventus. And it was Stefan Mavidi. 
Um, obviously, we'd come out of the FA Cup game with Arsenal. We'd got the relationship with Arsene Wenger. And apparently, we had agreed to take Mavidi on loan uh, for six months at the beginning of that particular season. Uh, and Mavidi then went and scored a hat-trick uh, in a pre-season game. And instantly, championship clubs were interested. The money went up uh, and he went on loan to Preston instead. Which he did. He went to Preston. Uh, it's been, I think, somewhere after Preston. I can't quite remember where. And then he, he's wound up at Juventus. Uh, I think at the minute he's probably on loan somewhere else uh, in France, I believe. Um, so it happens. You can have a deal all tied up in the bag, uh, special relationship, nice clubs, all that sort of stuff. And then something can happen. So with Adam Ida, First of all, nothing was ever concrete from the club. You know, all all of these rumours come from, you know, a friend at the club, uh, an ex-agent, an EFL hub, which is a sweaty, lonely teenager rolling a dice and picking players and teams at random. But the Adam Ida one had some traction because I think it came from a reputable source. The likes of Football Inside of a journalist called Peter Rourke tends to be on the nose and you tend to know which accounts to look at and which accounts you don't. And just for those who, who don't know that, and there are one or two, and I'm not going to call you out on Facebook, uh, on, on the podcast, but there are one or two people that post everything. So if you go on Twitter and you have a look at this, uh, an account and it's saying Lincoln City are interested in signing whoever, look how many followers they've got. Look at their previous rumours, and I'm not talking about that day. Scroll down. Look at the last transfer window. Look at the transfer window before that. A fake account will usually only have been created this transfer window. Uh, A fake account will usually have utter guff all the way back. So if you check on the EFL hub, you can scroll down, and and that has got utter rubbish. Um, Also, if they've got no tweets from the last transfer window, they've probably deleted them. Probably yeah. deleted their old ones. So, the, and there's that Omar Bogle. What utter rubbish that is, in my opinion. And if it happens, I stand corrected. There is no way that Michael Appleton wants to sign Omar Bogle. Surely, can't see it. <laughs> Bristol Rovers have actively denied it. But some some kid in his bedrooms pumped it out on Twitter, and a few fans get hold of it. And then instead of instead of um, it being from one fan to another, one fan suddenly thinks he's in the know because another fan's gone, hey, I've had it on good authority with signing Omar Bogle. And they think, oh, we might be connected. And then it doesn't become a ridiculous rumour. It becomes something that's kind of said in hushed tones. And, and mm. I get it. I get texts. I guarantee there's one person, and they all know who he is listening to this, he texts me, texts me at least twice a day <laughs> wanting to know the latest news, passing on what he's heard, that sort of thing. And often... You'll, I'll get texts from other people. And what they will have heard is what an ex-agent on Twitter has put on. Do you know what I mean? So but yeah. Adam Ida was one that I do. He did come, I think, from a reputable source. And I do think it has legs. But then he goes and scores a hat-trick in the FA Cup. And if he's got a loan deal agreed with Lincoln City from Norwich, and he scores a hat-trick in the FA Cup and Charlton go and say, we quite fancy Adam Ida. Where's, mm. where they, where's Norwich going to send him? They're going to send him to the higher level of football nine times out of ten. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if he maybe even stays with the, you know, with, with Norwich for a little while longer. But yeah, no, it, it's 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 unfortunate, um, you know, it, it is. But if that is what's happened, um, so there is any, a reputable. Yeah, was that what you're going to ask me? If there was another one, if there was anything reputable? Yeah, I was going to say, are there any more other reputable uh, rumours that are potentially raising their heads at the minute? Well, the one I like today um, is from an account called the Ex West Ham employee. 
Right. Uh, I like this account because it's got 67,500 followers. Uh, they do, he does a, a, a podcast. It's quite reputable and he only focuses on West Ham. So you won't suddenly get him going, uh, Huddersfield are going to sign Harry Topolo. Uh, you know, <laughs> he, he seems to know what he's talking about. And he said, uh, that we're looking at Joe Powell right. and Connor Coventry. Um, now, uh, many of you, as we're recording this, will probably have read my article on it, which went out um, just ahead of recording. But Connor Coventry is in a Republic of Ireland under-21 international, which ding, 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 Zach Elbazetti. Um mm-hmm. So if Michael Appleton's trying to get chemistry, FIFA Ultimate Team style, you've got, uh, <laughs> you've got a, a link there. Um Connor Coventry's just signed a new three and a half year deal. He was approaching the end of his deal. Celtic were wanting him. They wanted to take him up to uh, the Scottish Premier League and he's, he's signed for West Ham uh, again. He's come through the England, uh, not the England ranks, he's come through the uh, Republic of Ireland ranks. Holding midfielder, the sort of player that if we were to sign him, it might suggest that Joe Morrell's on his way or mm. it might suggest that Michael O'Connor's um, knocks are beginning to add up a little bit. Uh, 19 years old, massive talent, really highly rated at West Ham. Uh, you can't fill your team with kids, but he's exactly the sort of player that I could see Michael Appleton loaning in. Mm. Not quite as much as Powell. Now, Powell, for me, fits the Michael Appleton uh, or, or our perceived um, image of the Michael Appleton uh, transfer process perfectly. He's 21 years old. Uh, he's been out on loan at Northampton and scored twice in 10 games last season. He's an attacking midfielder, so he would play the 10 role. He's a little bit flexible. He could play out wide. Really, really high energy. Uh, out of contract at the end of this season. And a- allegedly, according to the tweet, also wanted by Bristol Rovers. And you've got so many box ticks there. Mm. If he is building chemistry FIFA Ultimate Team style, he's bringing Coven, uh, Connor Coventry in to link with Zach Elbazetti, and now you've got Joe Powell links with Connor Coventry. Um, but first of all, it could suggest Jake Hesketh's going back because Hesketh for me has been underwhelming at times, puts himself out about a lot, but the end product has been missing, I think. Mm. Um, and he's the sort of player that if he's approaching the end of his deal, Michael gets him in, he's coaching him, the kids sees our setup could end up moving to us uh, on a permanent, might even be a permanent deal. The the West Ham employee suggested that the Bristol Rovers' interest was was trying to get him on a two-year deal. Um, it's, it's a step in the right direction uh, in terms of squad development, in terms of bringing players in that might add value, if indeed they, it is true. Certainly the perma- a permanent move or a, a loan move that could result in a permanent move. So... Um, those rumours are interesting me. But other than that, there's very little solid. Um, you know, there's 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 few, very few names that I've seen on any of these accounts that make me think, yeah, yeah, that, that could happen. Um, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see where he goes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, <clears throat> we'll probably find out uh, a little bit more tomorrow morning in the press conference where we'll uh, undoubtedly have some... Uh, some questions asked and answered about uh, who we expect to see um, or where we expect to see uh, things be getting announced. So It's dangerous though, isn't it? Yeah. Because he said, you know, he would like to have got somebody in before the game on Friday and then didn't. And, mm. you know, circumstantial evidence points to either whether that's true or not, I don't know. But then players start, uh, not players, people start thinking, well, we must have missed out on our targets. 
and then they begin to worry certainly with a new manager you know when eventually with Danny we got to a point where you realized that significant business didn't tend to happen early but Michael seems to have intimated that he wants to do business early and isn't doing and people are instantly going to say well we've got a problem in the transfer market but that's Mm. that's the that's life today you know I remember a time when Chris Moises was manager so you know we're only talking two managers ago not that many years ago but you didn't see press conferences they weren't they weren't they weren't Mm. They weren't stuck up everywhere on the on the um, internet, you know. And, and the echo may have come away with, you know, don't don't ask about new players or don't do this or don't do that. I don't know, but at the end of the day, there wasn't this massive accessibility there is now. This clamour, and it's why these crap accounts keep popping up because everybody wants the latest news. Mm. When in actual fact, there hardly ever is any news, not real news. Mm. Yeah, so it's. Um... It'll be an interesting one, um, and it, it'll certainly be interesting to see see how Michael plays it because I think it'll be. Uh, uh, the more I've um, the more I've listened to, the more I've seen, and the more I've uh, you know particularly spoken to other fans about since uh, since Michael's come in, has just been a lot of people saying how how refreshingly open he is with with pretty much everything. So it's not like he's obviously trying to you know hide anything away, or he's not trying to give people, you know, BS sort of sweet talk or anything like that. He's very uh, he's very direct with his answers. So we'll we'll have to see what happens. Manchester in his don't mince <laughs> the words up there, do they? Okay. Yeah. No, that's very true. Um so yeah, last thing I think before we move on um to Shrewsbury is uh, obviously Michael's also been nominated for manager of the month for December. Oh yeah. Yeah I saw that. Yeah. There we go. Um, so Shrewsbury. Do you know what? I, honestly, yeah, fair play. I think to to see his work recognised is mm. uh, is good. And the two games that we lost, uh, and that's saying something um, about the quality of the division, isn't it? The yeah. two games that we lost, I think, um, you know, were narrow. So yeah, it was it was a, it was a great December, but uh, I'm sure that he wouldn't want to get bogged down in that. And I would suggest that team a team that's gone from the lower reaches upwards. Somebody like, and it pains me to say this, Steve Evans. Has he been nominated? I haven't seen the nominations, but he's, yeah, Gillingham, he have had a super, Gillingham have had a super month or two. Yeah, they've really climbed away from the uh, the bottom half. And he's, Steve Evans is what he is. We don't like him, but he's doing well at Gillingham. Um, you can't take that away from him. So. Ugh, yeah, I'm going to go and have a wash in a minute. <laughs> I was going to say he might have to have a shower. Um, yeah, he's been uh, he's been nominated. So anyway, uh, right. So Gillingham, then, um, what are we expecting? Well, we don't play him for a few weeks, do we? Not Gillingham. Sorry, Shrewsbury. You and your bloody <laughs> Evans. You've got <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You know. Do you know what? I, I make mistakes like that. But I always pick up on it. If I'm listening to uh, games with Tomo and Horton, the number of times that they will make similar errors because you, you, you because you're doing everything off the cuff and you're kind of talking and thinking at the same time, it's an easy error to make. But they do it quite a bit, and it always sticks out like a beacon. And then when I do it, I always think, "Oh yeah, <laughs> pulling me up on it." Yeah, Shrewsbury. Um, well, I've got one word to describe Shrewsbury. Dower. Dower, okay. And that's the game that we're going to expect, is a dower game. Um, Shrewsbury had, uh, we can't really call it success because they didn't break into the 
top seven or eight. The Shrewsbury were solid in the early part of the season because they could defend. They came to our place, let's face it, drew nil-nil. If you remember, it was probably, and I didn't see uh, Oxford, but other than Oxford, it was the worst home performance I've seen this season, even over being beaten by Bristol Rovers. It was a dour, horrible game in which we struggled against uh, what they probably bill as a 3-4-2-1 formation. Let's make no mistake about it. It's 5-4-1. You know, and they're, they're going out at home not to get beat. Um, maybe a little bit like Keith's team in 2002-2003, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're lining up 3-4-2-1. They play three centre-backs, uh, which is the strongest part of their team. Uh, and that's Aaron Pierre, who was at Northampton. It's the lad Banks Landl, I think, was at Wolves. And Roshan Williams, who was Man United under 23. So that's that's kind of the 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 rock at the back and of course they say three at the back and four in midfield but one of the midfielders is Scott Goldborn he plays on out wide left or right uh, another defender so let's make no mistake it's you know it's it's five at the back fluidly if they could move uh, forward quickly it, it could change to a three four two one it could even turn to a three two four one something like that but um, it's very defensive. So basically, they've scored twenty-one goals in twenty-three games. You know that's that's not good. That's not good at all. We're averaging less than a goal a game. Leading the line is a lad called Daniel Ludo, who um, was at Telford last year. I'm not criticising people that come out of the non-league and do well, um, but he hasn't. You know, he's come out of the non-league, settled into a League One. But if we think that that John Akindi is not League One quality, from what I understand, you've got one or two Shrewsbury fans who would happily swap. Um, the problem they've got now is they've just gone four games without a clean sheet. So all of a sudden, the one constant that they had was mm. the ability to defend has been taken away. So they've now gone four games, no clean sheet. And I know we've done it, but you know we've scored however many goals at the same time. Seven, eight, uh, eight, eight goals. Uh, Ipswich, Peterborough. Yeah, I mean, we uh, went without yeah, eight goals in day. Yeah, so we've scored eight goals in three games. They've not kept a clean sheet. Um, they've got one point from their last nine. What They drew with Bristol City in the cup, but they went there with an unashamed 5-4-1. You know, they literally just got men behind the ball. Their XG's as low as 1.03. And I know there's so many people think XG is just a load of bollocks, but you know, it does indicate something. And in this instance, it indicates that Shrewsbury don't score regularly. They have low possession. They average less possession um, but than their opponents with an 8% swing. So over the course of the season, I think it's 46 to 54. Um, after everything I've said, it's it's all set up for a 4-4 draw. Mm. Yeah. That was I'm... meant to be a joke, but that fell flat, didn't it? <laughs> oh, it's like canned laughter afterwards. Oh dear. I'll, I'll get, a, I'll get a, you know, the button that they edit have it. on Friends yeah, or whatever. Edit it. Edit that bit, man. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. You're going to edit Tumbleweed in afterwards. <laughs> No, it'll be fine. I, I, I know what you mean. It's 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 like we were sort of you know people predicting the uh, the Ipswich game to be a tight one that we might just nick or we'll be happy to get a point from, and we ended up running out five three winners. You know that sort of game. That won't happen this weekend. Well, yeah, <laughs> it'll be honestly so, a, a genuine prediction. I would go. I would almost be tempted with nil nil. I think at the minute we've always got a goal in us. Um, yeah, but we've also always got one to give away, so I, I'd probably have it as a one-all draw. Okay. Yeah, I think um, 
I'd, I'd probably say you know a draw is going to be a, a decent result. It's it's like you say they're not they're a defensive side, aren't they? They're not they're not going to come at you and come at your throat trying to score as many as they can. It's just <sighs> yeah, I'm not expecting great things from Saturday to be honest. But uh... what you know, what's really surprised me is uh, Jason Cummings has not thrived there. Mm. Uh, and I think did he start against us? I know I'd picked him up as a player who I oh, thought Christ. was was going to be superb. You're asking um, the question there. I can't remember. I I think the I think he started against us and then went off. Um, he's the guy with the. If you remember on the last podcast, I got you to Google him because he had, he's got the tattoo on his. Oh hand yeah, the of a face. shit tattoo man. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's played. He might be injured. He's played. I think he's played. Started eight, scored three for them. Um, uh, yes, he did start against us. Yeah, we're both yeah. just checking the internet, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, and no, he hasn't been injured because he he played against Doncaster, where they've just lost two 0 drew one one with Bolton. He played, lost, uh, beat Coventry, so he played when they they won that. Um, yeah, he could he could be a game changer if uh, if somebody sorted him out. I'll be honest. I think if Sam Ricketts doesn't get Shrewsbury uh, into the kind of the top half of the table by the end of the season, he's one manager that I just wonder if the pressure might might tell. Mm. Um, uh, looking uh, after their defeat last night against Doncaster or Tuesday night. Which is last night as we're recording. Um, it's just the, the first mumblings of negativity, and I know anyone looking at our Twitter and Michael Appleton would say the same thing. Um, but I, I just, you know, he's had a year there now. Have mm. they improved massively? Potentially, he's got them a few places up the table, but you know, he has a lot to live up to with them being in the playoffs under Paul Hurst. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I think you never helped if your style of play is described by other teams as dour. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think you can see the progress we're making. And at the moment, a year into the job at Shrewsbury, I'm not sure that they can see the progress he's making. So I know all these comments are just setting us up for a defeat. Um, <laughs> but for me, this is a game when you've come when you come off the back of victories against Ipswich and Peterborough and narrow defeats to Coventry and Oxford. This is the sort of game you've got to go and you've got to win this game if you've got aspirations of finishing just inside the top half. Uh, and I still feel that we have got that potential within us. You know, I'd, I've seen nothing uh, since the, the Gillingham game. Um, so since then, I've seen nothing that worries me in this division. Mm. And we have played arguably the strongest squad in Peterborough, arguably uh, the squad with the most depth in Ipswich, arguably the team with the biggest resources in Sunderland. I've seen nothing that worries us. Mm. But you've got to go and win these games. I mean, I think Definitely. the other thing as well there is obviously we've we've played we've played two of those squad uh, two of those teams twice. You know, we we don't have to to worry about them what they're doing in terms of strengthening, and we don't have to do anything else. And uh, Ipswich is before the end of January as well, I think, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's quite a quick turnaround, isn't it? Yeah. I, I I just have this funny feeling that we're going to be the team that does well against the teams that we shouldn't. And doesn't perform against the teams that we do, and you know what we have to do is find a way to beat the teams around us. If we do that, then we're going to be fine. Because you look at the home games we've got coming up um, before the end of the season, we've got Bolton twice. Who, let's face it, very. I don't think there's any teams in this division who've still got to play Bolton twice, and they've been woeful. We've mm. got Southend away coming up. We've got home games against Gillingham, MK Dons, Wimbledon, 
Rochdale. These are mm. you know, these are teams that, in reality, we should be beating. Arguably, with the run that they're on, home against Doncaster is winnable. Mm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I just I, if we can get that right, if we can get it right against the teams that we should be beating, the teams that come and set up against us, and it's a, it's it's almost like a hangover from the Danny Cowley era because Danny could never get it right against the teams we should be beating. And you look at the draws last season against Carlisle, Macclesfield, Stevenage, uh, Cambridge, Northampton, teams that came to set up not to be beaten by Lincoln City, didn't get beaten by Lincoln City. And we've got to, if we can find a way to beat the teams that come and set up not to be beaten by us, then we're going to be fine. Because yeah. we can match, we can match the teams that come and want to try and beat us. We can get in the space in behind, um, and if we stop giving stupid goals away for Christmas, we'll we'll be fine against those bigger teams. And yeah. um, certainly on our own on our own ground, you know, it's different altogether all at home. So, yeah, I mean, I think the other thing as well is obviously when you, you say about that, we've got four more home games when we have away games before the end of the season. So, yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to be a, a we we almost we do almost look like a different side when we're at home. It's it's weird at the minute. Um but anyway. Right. Um I think that's probably gonna be it, isn't it? We're gonna try and get together on Sunday. Yep. Um to put one out before the Bolton game. So cover uh cover Shrewsbury and also talk about Bolton. Uh but everything else, I think that's about it. Is there anything else you need to add or uh, I'd just add that um if you look on the official site, and I don't know when the closing date is to be fair, but we were inviting applications for the supporters board. Uh, yes. It might have passed actually because I think we've got a supporters board meeting Tuesday where uh, we'll be discussing uh, the the future future positions. So perhaps actually not worth mentioning. Um, but if you're listening to this on Thursday and you uh, do have a passion or an interest in becoming involved, uh, there is some information on the official club website uh, that about you know, we're having a, a little reshuffle, I believe. Um, so if you are interested, go and check it out. No, absolutely. Um Cool. Right. Is there anything you need to plug at all this week? No. Cool. Right. Fair enough. Right. We shall leave it there then. Um, Thank you for listening, guys, as ever. Uh, Thank you for for joining us. Uh, Follow us on social media at uh, State of West Blog and at Winstano. And we will see you next week. Thank you, Ben. Hopefully on Monday. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.